Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. You're listening to the Grow Landscapers podcast. The podcast where we delve deeper into landscape business, interviewing legends of the UK landscaping industry. So, join host Nick Ruddle as he explores their thoughts, insights, and experiences. That's here on the Grow Landscapers podcast. Hi, and welcome to the Grow Landscapers podcast. I'm Nick Ruddle, and today we're here with someone who runs an outstanding landscape business who've won multiple awards, not only for the projects they design and build, but for being recognised for the extremely successful business they run. It's Mr. Tony Benger from Tony Benger Landscaping. How are you Hello. doing? Hello. <laughs> you well? Yeah, very well, thank you. Brilliant. Um, I'm, I'm very um, privileged to be one of the judges for the uh, Pro Landscaper Awards. And over the last few years, you know, I've scored quite a few of your, your award entries, and, and thankfully they became a, a award-winning entries. Um, so obviously that's why I thought better to invite you on the show because um, who's better really to uh, to find out about building a successful landscaping business than yourself? And because I've read so many pages of your entries, I think you're really well qualified and people will get a lot of value from that. So um, that's why we're here. Thanks for accepting the uh, the invitation. I'm sure a lot of people will benefit hugely from your years of knowledge and wisdom. So um, without further ado, we'll get started, okay? Yeah. Um, so Tony, how long have you been in business for yourself? Um, well, we... I came back from traveling in 1985 and um, I wanted to do, I'd been farming before and I didn't really know what I was going to do. And I, my parents have a garden open to the public. And so I wanted to, my mother was being asked all the time, could you come and design this border and do that sort of thing? So uh, she needed a hand. So I gave her a hand. Um, well, that lasted two whole weeks because okay. working for your mother doesn't really work. So um, <laughs> I started off on my own and then subcontracted to her and she subcontracted back to me. Oh, very good. Very good. So it's your mum who got you into the industry originally then. That's right. Yes, it, it worked quite well. Um, and it worked for 
15 years uh, until she wanted to retire totally. Um, And then concentrate on her own garden. But I was lucky enough to have my sister who um, was just, uh, had had children and uh, wanted to work sort of one or two days a week. Well, that soon became five days a week. And uh, she's our head designer. And uh, we've been employing people ever since. Wow. So you started, kept, kept it in the family to begin with. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. so in those early years then, where did it all start? I mean, what, what did it look like? Well, I had a mini estate. Um, I borrowed a wheelbarrow and a shovel. And uh, that's how I started. Wow. Literally, um, I was lucky enough to have some, my parents had the land. So I had a yard and, and I had all that, but I, I didn't have any money or anything. And then I was able to buy my plants from my mother because she had a little nursery. And so that ha- that's how we started. Wow. And I was going to college uh, one day a week as well, learning about the intricate parts of horticulture. Mm. And I had a background in soil science through the farming. And I knew how to uh, work soil, which actually was a great help for bigger schemes, and bigger contracts. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So what was it that made you personally go into business for yourself? You know, you obviously started helping your mum out, but what was it that drove you to, to build or start your own business? Well, I I sort of enjoyed working, being in charge and being having a role. I didn't mind particularly working for other people, mm. but as long as I was sort of a manager. Um, but... I didn't have enough qualifications in in agriculture to go on further and so um being in horticulture it's a more of an exact science and with planting and i had my mother's background with uh, plant names so i was able to become quite well known within the area and i had that backing and then we sort of created it from there on and with continuous learning and inevitably you get to know all the plant names so well not all the plant names but most shrubs and and trees uh, we're pretty good at and with a collective number of people the skills you know one person will be more in tune with trees or one person will be more in tune with with different types of grasses and so that was that's one of the advantages of getting bigger is you may not know the answer, but somebody in your company has that expertise on on plant pathogens or or um, diseases of trees that um, I'm afraid I'm not that knowledgeable on. Yeah, well, you can't know everything, can you? And I think no. a lot of the, the most successful business people, business owners in the world recognize that and recognize that you can't do it all on your own you don't have all the all the answers to everything and in fact you make it easier for yourself if you if you don't have that approach don't you really because you know use people to the, play them to their strengths and and to, to what they're really really good at and um and they become they're better than you at that anyway so if you get involved yeah. you actually make things worse yeah. <laughs> you <Yes. know? laughs> so um brilliant so so you started out with a van with a shovel and with a lawnmower, a wheelbarrow. Yes. Um, what does it look like now then? So we now employ over 120 staff. We have 55 um, 
over 55 fans. Um, we have a eight acre site here where we've got uh, buildings and nursery and that's how we started our nursery was literally we had a few plants left over and I couldn't bear to not water them and let them die so you end up watering them every weekend and then you think well I'm gonna get a irrigation system to help me and <laughs> and then of course you get a bigger and bigger nursery and and then you propagate them and pot them up and suddenly you've got a quite a big nursery <laughs> so we've got a two three acre nursery here where we look after plants and um grow them on for different projects so funny isn't it so there's a few from, from a few pots that you didn't want to die and then you have like two or three acre site <laughs> nursery yeah I, I don't know how that happens but it obviously just a, maybe a yeah. natural progression yeah wow so yeah. 55 vans 120 employees and an eight acre site um so lots of um lots of um mouths to feed there um yes. lots of lots of diesel to put in these vans yes cool. um, it's a real cost these days yeah i bet you're, you're feeling the pinch there so i suppose but even more important than that you really do run a, a good tight ship and and and, and run a great business and, and make it as efficient and as profitable as possible um so i want to come on to some of that stuff now then um what do you personally think are the most important elements to running a successful business you know through the years you've grown it to where it is now obviously lots of lessons to learn what do you feel as the most important things that you need to have in place and have knowledge of well one of the most important things is we've always tried to do a really good job um, to the best of our abilities and quite often you you realize you've underpriced it um, but you just all you've got to do is do a good job and you know, if, you, if you've underpriced it, you know, just give yourself a slap on the back of your hand and say, right, next time you'll know how to do it. But mm. don't try and cut corners. Try and do a really good job and customers will come back time and time again. I know I did um, some work for uh, Waterers Landscapes many years ago in Euro Disney and... Um, they went out there and did one small project and they got their fingers really burnt, mm. but they decided to just do a really good job and do it well. And they were one of the very few landscapers that were invited to go back and do the second phase. And they made, they made up for it in later, later times. Yeah. Yeah. And that was a, well, a lesson well learned. And I've done exactly the same things underpriced jobs, but, just do a good job and then you get asked to go back and back and back time yeah. and time again. Get the opportunity to, to make your money back and, yeah. and some going forward. There's your reputation as well, I suppose, isn't it? You well, know, that's be... right. It's much more important than actually making a profit on the end of the day. You know, you'll you'll make the money eventually, but you, maybe a year or two later. Yeah, yeah. So, so you mentioned there that, you know, you've had You've been in that situation yourself before. So what, what are your the biggest mistakes or the biggest lessons you've learned in, in business over the years? Probably underpricing work. Because um, if you overprice them, you don't get pay, you don't get uh, the job. And if you underprice it, you usually get the job. But you you just got to price it right, usually. That's the best way of doing it. Yeah. Um, but doing a good job is so, so important because... Uh, best horticultural practice quite often you have um 
you have a project where you don't quite know whether to advise the customer to do this or this or this. I've always tried to, if you, if you don't know what to do, just go back to best horticultural practice and it won't bite you in the bum. Mm. It really is important to, nobody can argue with best horticultural practice. Mm. You know, it might cost the customer more money. It might cost you more money. It might be more difficult to do, but if you go for best horticultural practice, you can't go wrong, really. Yeah, it's a right way and a wrong way. And I think if you, as long as you you stick on the right side, you're gonna you're gonna come out better, aren't you? And yeah. Reputation and, and the, the end same, product. It's the same with built, best building practice. If you're yeah. doing a patio or something, you just do best building practice, and then with no shortcuts, mm. and then it can't go wrong. No, it's safe then as well, insurance-wise, yeah. as long as you're following the right ways. So, right. so you mentioned about pricing there in terms of underpricing or overpricing, and there's obviously the, the happy medium in the middle. Um, what, what have you learned then in order to – what makes you be able to price better? What do you do that, that makes you in the right sort of ballpark figure then? Because, because you've, you've been burnt on the lower side – and obviously everyone wants to charge as much as possible, but there's a ceiling. So, so what do you do? What would your advice be to people listening to this now if they're struggling to get the price right? We, um, compared with a lot of landscapers, they, well, some landscapers don't price per project. I always price per project to make sure that I'm, I, I'm learning from each project um and some bigger projects we split into smaller um parts so that we can work out how much does it cost to plant a tree if you've got ten thousand trees to plant mm. and you know exactly how much time you spent planting them mm. you can then divide it just by your ten thousand trees and that way you know how long it takes to plant a tree um and analyzing of figures is pretty important, I feel, because you can then know there's no good carrying on doing something where you're losing money. No, I think, and you may may agree with this, it, it's an area where a lot of people sort of avoid because they don't necessarily understand the numbers. So they, they, they sort of bury their head in the sands. And, and I think landscapers are very good, to, stereotypically, are very good at what they do operationally, but don't always understand the, the financial aspects because mm. maybe they've not been taught it or they've not learnt it or not mm. been, been aware of it. But it is the most one of the most important things to, to get right in the business, isn't it? If you don't get that right, then you're losing money <laughs> or, or you're, yeah. you're hoping and you're keeping your fingers crossed that you're actually going to make money, which is not a good, not a good strategy. So knowing your numbers. Is, and the problem is if you're doing a big project, you will make bits on some bits and not make money on the other bits. And unless you know which bits you're making more money on, you won't be able to avoid the loss-making bits or whatever. So knowing your numbers does help a lot. Yeah, and knowing what numbers to, to look out for. It's like playing a round of golf or a round of tennis, a game of tennis. You know, if, 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 you, if you didn't keep score and it was close... How would you know who was winning or losing? <laughs> yes, exactly. It's like having your scorecard of business. You know, if you're not keeping score, how do you know whether you're winning or losing? And that's whether you're making a profit or not. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. 
And yeah. I think I think it's dangerous that people shy away from the numbers just because they don't necessarily understand them. But when you when you understand things, things become easy. It's only when we don't understand things that it's confusing and difficult. But when we understand it, we learn something. You think, oh, I know that now. It's easy. So I think a, a great piece of advice there, absolutely, is is if you don't know your numbers, don't be scared, don't be shy. Just just learn how to become better in that area of running your business, and your results will get better too. One year, one year, I I didn't put up my rates um, to any of my customers because uh, I'd made a reasonable amount of money and inflation wasn't running that high. Mm. And um, the following year, the accountant and I went through all our figures and we hadn't made anywhere near the amount the following year. And that was just because I didn't put my rates up. Right. And I would strongly recommend everybody putting their rates up every year. Even yeah. if you've made a reasonable sum of money, just put them up a little bit because you'll be surprised how much your profit margins will be eroded. Mm, I think that's a really, really good piece of advice because not just now. I think people are now thinking, right, we're going to put our prices up because they have to, you know, because everything else and everyone knows that everything's going up. But to do that every year anyway, to analyse and, and, and be able to sort of just keep stepping it up gradually as opposed to waiting three or four years and then doing 15 20 percent you know maybe that's not quite survivable no that's very good bad news for the customer as well yeah but but i think it's usually the business owners that tend to worry more about putting the prices up than the than the customers because if you were to put them up two three or five percent year on year it's not really you don't really sort of notice that you really no. don't. Um, no. So I think it's it's often a, something that the business owner has to get over in their own heads rather than what the, the customers will say. So um, yeah, I definitely think there's some some good um, good advice there. Um, okay, so what what major setbacks have you had? You you started what 1985. So yeah. what what major obstacles or, or major challenges or setbacks have you have you had in the past? We've gone through some fairly big um, recessions in the past, mm. and um, I hope we're not heading for another one, but everybody always keeps predicting we are. Um, having a diverse business has been helpful, because if you work just for builders, build, uh, house builders, um, I've known them you know, within three weeks, suddenly stop work just no more work they would not build another house mm. and suddenly your income stream has completely gone to nothing mm. so having a diverse business using uh, a bit of maintenance because that is continuous and having domestic clients as well because domestic tend to be less reactive to uh, recession mm. and then when the recession hit the first time we did more domestic work and by the time the domestic clients had then realized there was a big recession we they were beginning to tail off with work and house builders were starting to build again so we were able to start building work and having a bit of maintenance as well is fairly recession proof because grass keeps growing that's right that's it. the hedges keep need still need pruning i think that's a really good timely piece of advice really because as you alluded to there i think we're, we're we're heading for a recession kind of situation again and it's probably good timing then if people are just focused on one area of the business maybe to, to diversify like you say into other areas because if, when one's up 
the others down and vice versa. You should be able to ride the waves really and, and come out the other side. Um, so, um, okay, so, so you diversified. Um, are there any other, over the last sort of 40, 40 or 35 years that you've been in business, are there any other situations where you've had to sort of face up to, to, to other things, not just recessions, but any other major issues or major um, challenges that you've faced in the business? Well, COVID was interesting. Um, yeah. Suddenly you've got, uh, um, I interviewed a mechanic on the, on the Saturday and it was all planned for he was going to hand his notice in on the Monday. And I said, well, well, just before you hand your notice into your present employer, let's just see what this, this uh, disease is going. Mm. And literally Boris on that Monday night, mm. clo closed the whole country down. And uh, that was uh, interesting times. We had uh, uh, managers meetings sort of every on Zoom and uh, remotely and in mm. the yard and mm. uh, trying to work out. And we were making up rules yeah. in the morning and then having to change the rules in yeah. the afternoon. Yeah. And we yeah. just had to be very reactive to the changing situation. Um, you didn't want to listen too much to the BBC. They would highlight <laughs> uh, some bits and not other bits. Yeah. So yeah. we were reading the government's website and reading the rules and even the police didn't really understand the rules right. uh, because they had to disseminate the rules so they advised us to actually print out the government website and highlight the bits that we thought we were relevant to and that way we were able to keep working or, or in some departments were able to keep working the nursery had to keep watering the plants because we had thousands and thousands of plants mm. in stock so they had to be watered, potted up, various things. Um, and we were able to keep going on some of the maintenance on sites where uh, we were working outside. We sent three men to th with in three separate vans and found safe ways of working, really. Yeah. And with over 100 staff members as well it's a lot of a lot of responsibility wasn't there a lot of pressure on, on yes there was a lot of pressure especially in the first few days because people were you know trying to canvas me to close the company down or you know saying we shouldn't be going to work or uh, yeah. somebody else saying yeah i want to come to work i can't afford not to be at work and i've got a mortgage to pay and you know there was so many balancing action to have mm. uh, but we found a safe way and some of the people that were furloughed didn't like being furloughed and other people that were working wanted to be furloughed but mm, yeah, uh, yeah it was a minefield wasn't it at the time it was a minefield but it was very interesting times yeah well it's never a dull moment i mean i think <laughs> hopefully let's 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 say that you've 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 cracked the recession proofing of your business because you've been through them before um, let's hope you don't have to do another uh, global pandemic can get through that one but if you do then you'll know that you can do that and you'll get through that one as well yeah. and I suppose once you get through things like that I think it makes you much more resilient as a business owner you just believe yeah. that I can get through anything if we did that we can get through this and I, I think yeah. as a team when when more and more people in the business have, have, have shared those experiences with you the belief and the resilience of people you know really sort of 
um, gives you confidence that you'll get through anything that life or business throws at you. Yeah. So good. It's all very easy when it's when things are going well. Business is easy, but it's when it's tough that's when it really does you know show people for you know either either step up or or, or don't don't they? Yeah. Um, okay, so um, here's a here's a um, a question to put you on the spot. Then um, three tips. Okay, I'm going to ask you to to, to name. Just three suggestions of how to improve your efficiencies or profits of a business out of your years. What would you say the top three tips would be to improve your efficiencies? Well, so being doing a really good job is not a tip for making a quick profit. Um, long term, that is the most important thing. All you have to do is do a good job. Um, Tip number one, I I have never overborrowed. Um, borrowing too much money is been a, a, I think is a recipe for disaster because if you get into a recession and you're locked into a finance deal for, on a bit of kit that you're not using, that's that's a um, that's a really hard work hard job. Yeah. Uh, um, Putting your prices up every year, I think, is another tip. Um, so I think that's who I would. Those are the three things that I would. Doing a good job, don't overborrow, and putting your prices up every year. Very good, very good. When you say doing a good job, does that mean on time, on spec, on budget, or what do you mean by that? I never worry too much about the budget right. i never worry too much about the time unless there's a penalty clause in there mm. we try and start too many people try and start a project on time um the customer are very very keen for you to start when you say you're going to start but we yeah. try not to give them a start date we try and say it'll be roughly the middle of june or end of june or something yeah. but we strongly believe in trying to finish a job before we start another one too many builders try and please the customer or the next customer yeah. but upset the previous customer by not finishing off the job mm. we try and finish a job if we possibly can before we start the next one yeah. So the teams are programmed in to go and finish that job, but we don't give a set date for a start of a new job. You can't, can you, really? Because there's so many different moving parts, isn't there? And you put yourself under immense pressure in the eyes of the new customer, and you're going to annoy the last customer. So no one wins, do they, really? So um... You just have to explain to the customer, we hope to be starting this week, but we strongly believe in finishing the job before we start another one. Yeah, and I think most people are reasonable, aren't they? And they, yeah, and they appreciate they very that. Reasonable. And they, they that communication. They don't remember when you started. What they remember is whether you finished it or not. Yeah. Finished it well. Yeah, you don't want to leave them with a bad taste in their mouth because then, you know, it exactly. ruins the whole whole experience, doesn't it? And exactly. the, the feelings that people are left with determine on the experiences they have. And you want to leave them on a, on a nice, um, happy note. Yeah. Very good. So, um, so obviously you've been in business for for a good few years what have you found the most rewarding parts have personally been for you um definitely seeing trees grow <laughs> it sounds a bit uh, silly but 
visiting sites that you know you planted 10, 20, 30 years ago mm. is quite amazing to see how big a tree can get in 30 years. It is yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. And seeing staff grow um, into their new roles and we've got some staff that have been here over 30 years and they have flourished and moved up into new roles and um, coaching them forward really, really helps and allows them to flourish in their own lives. So you grow trees and you grow people. <laughs> very, <laughs> good. very good, very good. That's well, good. I mean, 30 years, people have been with you for 30 years, says a lot, says everything, doesn't it? Yeah, you can't, you can't do everything yourself. So you need to coach people to learn how to do the new things themselves. Mm. Um, having teams to grow the departments and they then put forward new staff to grow that department in, in better ways. Mm. And suddenly you find things are happening that you don't even know about. And sometimes it's a bit scary as a manager, but you must button your lip and find out why they're spending another 10 grand on this bit of kit or that bit of kit before you uh, um, start saying we can't afford it. Mm. You've definitely got to be able to let go, haven't you, really? Yeah, yeah. It's quite difficult, um, especially when you've been watching the pounds, shillings and pence uh, from uh, years and years, mm. just seeing it into a bigger... But you you have to look at it a bit more holistically and and just let it let it grow. Yeah, I suppose you've got to trust the people that you're handing over to, haven't you? Really, yes. it's like handing over your baby, yes. you wouldn't hand your baby baby over to a stranger. Yes. You know, you hand it over to someone that you trust implicitly, yes. wouldn't yes. you? So, yeah, same kind. And I, I I try and retain the right to veto, um, as Margaret Thatcher did with the European government. Uh, European, I. I I don't think I, I very rarely use it, but um, I let them let the teams develop. I try and coach them and try mm. and steer them in the right way, mm. but uh, let them develop. And most of the time, I'm proved wrong anyway. If I've been wary of something, um, that, that if they've done enough research, they're usually right. Oh, well, that's interesting, isn't it? <laughs> things Scary. Like yeah. They're all better than me anyway. Well, that's what you want, isn't it? That's what you want. If you were doing everything, you'd be the busiest man in the business. You don't <laughs> want to be, do you? You want to be the least busy person. Exactly. Uh, and and exactly. safe in the knowledge that you can trust people to do a great job and a better job than you would do yourself. Uh, yeah. So that's, um, that's that, I think that's where a lot of people maybe get it wrong. They try and control everything, do everything, and therefore they're the most busiest person and the most stressful yeah. person. And, yeah. and people are scared to make a mistake. And then, you know, they go yeah. home early. They don't go the extra mile. Um, and uh, yeah, you create a bit of a monster for yourself. Um, exactly. That, you, you, you've got it. You've hit it on the head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like, we want to. Yeah, I don't, I don't suppose Richard Branson or, or Alan Sugar uh, spend all the hours in their businesses. They've got great people they trust, haven't they? They've, they've looked to yeah. recruit well in the first place, build right, the right teams in the right departments, and then coach them and, and uh, strategically sort of guide them, I suppose, along the way. Um, okay, so um, if you could give some advice for someone who may be at the moment at a crossroads and they're a little bit stuck in their business or they they really want to expand but they just don't know what steps they might need to take, what would you? What kind of advice would you give to them? Uh, 
you want to analyze your who your ideal customer is um, getting the right type of customer that spends the right amount of money with you that's pretty important and it's no good being a busy fool um, if you're I don't know mowing people's lawns only um, you can't re it's quite difficult to expand unless you've got enough staff to, to do it for you because um, you need to find the next customer mm. but you need to analyze whether you're making good profit out of mowing those lawns or I don't know building show homes or something if you're building good quality work and making money out of those jobs then expand that side of it but you want to work out the bits that you're not making money at as well it comes back to knowing your numbers then i suppose and analyzing yeah. your numbers yeah really understanding what the, how to interpret those numbers um i love the fact that you just use the expression busy fool we use that quite a lot because i think you, you can be dragged into feeling like you're being productive but actually you're not really you're not spending the right time in the right areas but unless you know unless you've analyzed the numbers you don't know do you so and um, and understanding who your your best customer is and not trying to be all things to everybody i think yeah. um I think it's great advice. Very good, very good. Nice and simple, very, very, very effective. So, right, we have one more question for you, uh, Tony, before I let you go. Um, if there was one piece of advice, just one golden nugget that you could give to someone to, um, you know, from all your years of, of, of um, running your business, um, what would be the one golden nugget that you would give to someone who's trying to build their business to where they're, they're, they, they see their business in the future? Well, I hate to say it, but I've already said it before. All you've got to do is do a good job. Perfect. That's Perfect. all you've got to do. Summed up in one sentence. Yeah. Tony, it's been really, really great talking to you. Really, really interesting. Love hearing about your, your history and your story and all your challenges you've been through and, um, and your pearls of wisdom. So I appreciate your time. I know you're a busy man. You've got 120 people um, <laughs> to look after. I'm sure your managers are doing most of the looking after though. Uh, and I hope you're not the busiest man in that business, and I'm sure you're not. But thanks, Tony. I really appreciate you, your uh, your time, your effort, your wise words. We'll see you soon. Take care. Thank you, mate. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Grow Landscapers podcast. To get in touch and see how we can help you with your business by emailing nick at nickruddle.com. 